0: This episode of the 42 Rugby Weekly is brought to you by Dundee Motors, Ireland's largest car website. Find your next premium car from one of our trusted dealerships. I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could have me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> it is Rugby Rugby Weekly. Then the
1: first pass. Hello everybody and welcome to Friday's Rugby Weekly with The42.ie. It's Gavin Casey with you here and joining us to look ahead to a massive weekend both in the ORC and of course in the Women's Six Nations is Murray Kinsella of The42.ie. Murray, great to see you again this time on Zoom yesterday in person. How are you keeping? I'm very good. We had an interesting day yesterday. We did miss you on Monday on the pod but the fact that I got to see you in person yesterday made up for it. We had to do a photo shoot yesterday for promotional material for the rugby weekly podcast just a couple of banners and things i guess graphics that will be showing up on the new and improved uh, the 42 website uh, murray was a thorough professional at one point i heard during murray's shoot uh, our photographer alice saying try something where you're sort of scratching your chin now it didn't work with gavin she stressed that but i think you nailed your marks there
2: the shots of us together are embarrassing i hope they don't see the light of day, but um, there was a bit of crack. It was a bit of fun. And uh, I was just upset that Birch wasn't there for the three of us in one pick would have been good.
1: <laughs> yeah, those shots of the two of us are going straight on my Instagram, by the way. They may never see the light of day on the site, but the public will uh, get what they demand. Kamir, what I didn't mention at the top there is probably the biggest news story in Irish men's rugby this week, which is a signing that we learned about as we sat at our desks yesterday. It just sort of came out of the blue. You were as surprised, I think, as a lot of Connacht fans to learn that they've signed Santiago Cordero. Question here straight off the top from one of our members, Owen Kenny, who will have the sexiest back three in the URC next year? And why is it Connacht with Mac, Cordero and Porchi? Because they're three excitement machines. That
2: is... Just mouth watering to think of the three of them on the pitch at the same time. And it's a brilliant signing. They did well to keep it under under wraps, obviously. He was over a few weeks ago. We've learned since. He visited Galway. He spoke to Tim Alnut. He spoke to Jack Cardi. He spoke to Pete Wilkins about what's coming up in the next few years and how they're how they're going again and starting afresh with Pete Wilkins obviously as the head coach and in full charge. And he was really impressed, apparently, about what he heard and what he saw and the plans for the of future and this is a big big signing I I think it's maybe Connick's biggest signing ever and I've gone back through all the names that they brought in Mills Mullain obviously had a huge profile but well into his 30s well on the decline by the time he got over but Cordero is in his late 20s he's in his prime he's still scoring tries in the top 14 he's got 45 Argentina caps he's a proven world class talent as Wilkins said and you just didn't imagine Connacht being in this position to compete for a player like that, really. Maybe it points to things like the GIF uh, regulations in France being bumped up. Obviously, the salary cap in England uh, being greatly reduced. And and maybe there wasn't as much competition, but it's still a big coup for, for It's You've seen the excitement from the supporters. And to think of him and Hansen uh, in particular combining two really world-class players combining in a back three is thrilling, really. Cordero's footwork is out of this world. Really, he can beat you in a phone box. His acceleration, of pace, have always been major strengths. As far back as 2015, when Argentina were shredding Ireland in the World Cup quarter final, he was really good in that tournament. He's done it in Exeter and in, in the Premiership. He's done it in Bordeaux. He did it for the Higuarres before that. So he really has proven he's a smart guy. He's got great experience, and seems like a from from all accounts a really positive vibrant personality as well and and he referenced the fact that Connick's style of play was a big attraction for him and he suits perfectly what Wilkins is going to want to do there so really big signing really big signing a lot of clubs could do with a winger uh, slash fullback of his quality and Connick's have done a brilliant job here to get him
1: this might sound like an obvious question but does he feel like a game-changing signing to you and by that I mean is he a guy that you would anticipate actually wins games almost on his own uh, that's a stupid way of framing it I, I mean is he a guy who scores two tries in a game and Connacht suddenly win a game that they'd lost the previous season if that makes sense because that's the type of player he strikes as being to me is somebody who has that transformative quality that can actually put a team over the top
2: he's exactly that he's a difference maker when everything's tight and balanced he's a Cheslin Colby-esque bigger who when two defences are performing really well or conditions are tough all he needs is a tiny sniff of an opportunity and he can score and he can beat someone on the outside back on the inside he can pop up all over the pitch so it is very much that what you're alluding to you can imagine some days when the rain is pissing down and the wind is coming in from four different angles at the sports ground and the pats are slogging it out that he might be standing shivering there but he's not really that kind of guy he'll go and get stuck in and he'll be combative and, uh, and all that as well so he's going to be a huge fan favourite there's no doubt about that and already seems to be and I think it's just given everything a big bounce now because it has been a strange time in Connacht we've heard loads about the guys who are leaving that's obviously led to some disgruntlement of their part and there's been even within the squad players seeing what's happening here and now this just gives a momentum and it's not a cure-all obviously for, for everything but it points out that someone like Wilkins can convince a a player of his calibre to to come and that that this is the place for him and it's the right project. So I think it just gives everyone in the the province a bounce and makes everyone else around Ireland and further afield sit up and and take notice.
1: Yeah, it sure does. Just on some of the disquietment that you mentioned there, Mayor, I often see Connacht fans suggesting that that, theme if you like is almost a media fabrication like the question is always like well where is that coming from almost what's the source can you sort of outline uh the reality as you see it there i guess like the source typically is just players speaking off the record or coaches and, and you just get a general sense of a vibe in a place don't you like through back channels not necessarily through what people are saying publicly
2: yeah of course i would have seen never say who i, who I chat to what am yeah. um, no no yeah but yeah I mean it's only natural isn't it like there's what nearly 10 around that players leaving and a great upheaval in a squad and a, a director Robbie as he is departing and there was a long period there where it wasn't clear what was happening I mean maybe the comic fans you're referring to were, were happy with, with that kind of situation but it was a lot of uncertainty um, for, for players and coaching staff and people who didn't know if they're being kept on or not and the reasons given to them and all that so that's part of the game though I don't that doesn't mean it's Catastrophic. It's completely natural at the end of uh, one year into another. Um, so yeah, I think it's all guns blazing now to move on into a a new, I suppose, new era, new reign, and hopefully it'll be a, a more successful one for, for comics. And hopefully this one can end with a really good bounce, and they're well-positioned absolutely to do that. So I don't see any reason not to be positive and optimistic about it all.
1: Yeah, 100% three o'clock kickoff on Saturday at home to Edinburgh. And as you mentioned, they probably already have a spring in their step to a certain extent, Connacht, in the sense that they've won their last three. That defeat to Newcastle in Europe felt deflating at the time and frustrated a lot of fans. I think we probably had a bit of a, a rant about it on the pod, even just because at that time it felt as though Connacht had. Um, well, at least they were on the right track. But they are back on it now, aren't they? Like it, it, feels like there is significant enough momentum behind this team. Even winning away to Dragons, you'd expect that. But it's just winning games that they've probably previously let slip, even this season. And at home to Edinburgh, it's another another massive opportunity to build upon that momentum and just try to consolidate a playoff place. That's what this season's all about.
2: It is. It's really really heated up in that for that eighth place. You look at Edinburgh, the twelfth in the table. But they are, what, seven points behind Connacht. So like it's realistic that they could still be back in that top eight. All those teams just behind Connacht are chasing. Connacht aren't far off the ones in front. The Sharks, the Bulls, even Munster are only six points ahead. So it's a really condensed and really competitive table with a couple of rounds to go. And all the fixtures match up really well in this regard. Virtually every single fixture we've left in the URC is going to have a huge impact on deciding the, the very end result on the table there's a couple right down the bottom that maybe don't but every single point every single moment every single tackle or miss tackle is going to count hugely in these closing rounds and it's a real thrill to come back to that because often you come out with six nations particularly a grand slam and there's a real um deflating sense of, of going back to to regular business but that's not the case at all and it can't be the case for for guys who switched their focus back in. Obviously, the Grand Slammers have the weekend off, but for everyone else, it is straight back into big, big business. That's what
1: I've absolutely loved about this week is trying to gather my thoughts briefly and wonder, where were we again with the ORC? And then suddenly realizing we were at an unbelievably exciting juncture in what is now an unbelievably exciting competition, which was unimaginable as recently as two seasons ago, in all honesty. Um, What a transformation that's been. Just a reminder that the 42 Rugby Weekly is sponsored by Dundeele Motors, whether it's luxury cars, 7 seaters for a growing family, or making the switch to electric, find everything you need at dundeele.ie. The Stormers are coming to Dublin, well, they're in Dublin, to face Leinster in what looks like a mouth-watering game uh, on Friday night. We record on a Friday, so tonight if you're listening uh, live or close enough to it. And you... Uh, Spent a bit of time as well with Stormers head coach John Dobson during the week, and like suddenly, from what I gleaned from you as you relay parts of that conversation, they're bang up for this one, aren't they?
2: They robbed the big guns, and it was really fascinating to hear and talk about that. Obviously, Daniel Vilhena, Mal Herb, Marvin O'Ree Dion Furry and Hitsoff, and as well in front row, what a fun row with Joseph Diva there as well. They all had the choice when they wanted to come to Dublin and play this game or playing the 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 Curry Cup back at home, they've got a big game there. There's Harlequins to come the weekend after in the Champions Cup round of 16, which is obviously a priority at the moment to winning that. But to a man, all those players said they wanted to come to Dublin. And he said, you know, you've got Fran, Matt Urban and off squeezing into economy class to get up to, to play this game because they're well aware that Leinster are on course to have a home final in this URC season and that they may have to come back and play there. So better to go and get a sense of it. They also want to make a statement. They've had, obviously, huge success. They won the see at the first time of asking. They've taken some big scalps, but well, they want to be in the Northern Hemisphere, away from home, away from southern conditions, and make a big statement. He spoke about it as being, you know, a flag in the ground. And, indeed, that was part of his presentation this week, a picture of the American Marines, but he swapped the American flag for the Stormers flag. And... It was just really interesting to chat to and hear about their project and the reality of their road beat, uh, home and the, the Western Cape province and the sheer scale of further potential there. It is kind of frightening when you hear them talk about it. Population of over 7 million people there, they're absolutely crazy about their road beat. There's, I suppose, a struggle in terms of the, the province, Western province has been in administration for a long time and really disorganized, but... There's so much passion and rugby talent there. He's he say like, we produce 10 lots a year who are over two meters tall, all 120 kg. Some of those guys we see go play international rugby abroad, some end up not playing at all and, and they're just by the kind of wayside in rugby. They, that's the level of, of talent that's coming through and athletic ability. So there's plenty more to come from them. They're on a mission to kind of make Cape Town smile is the, the phrase they use. And he was really interested to hear talk about how much the South African fans have grabbed onto the Irish teams in particular and really taken to those fixtures that I'll be watching from the bars and the Shibins back home tonight as a Stormers play in and what for them is a huge fixture now. And you know, he he reckons we'll have the planes full of Irish fans coming down in the future to to Cape Town. He said that Munster home match that's coming up is going to be huge and they expect a a big, big crowd for that because Munster are, are a big draw, so was interested in all that and even his backstory he's got two published satirical novels um, and I actually had a I've had a I I bought one after to to have a read it's interesting stuff about a character called Jason he calls himself the Jasonator and it basically seems to be all the worst parts of South African life and society uh, in diary format so interesting stuff there he's the co-founder of Roby365 website he's got a law degree he's got a business degree a degree in creative writing he never really planned to be a coach he just kind of fell into it by accident. He was doing a kind of management role for one of the University of Cape Town herds teams, and that seemed to go well. And he kind of got shot up the ranks. And you can see why he's very, very personable. He's very... Um, he reminds me kind of Andy Farrell, actually, to be honest. He's real. He's really got that side, man management, I think, and understanding people's personalities and the right messages and so so. God, he was obviously very close to the Connacht job in 2018 I had kind of forgotten that I reported on it at the time it was either him or friend who, who was going to get the job it wasn't for him at the time but I, I can only imagine he's had lots of other offers since because he's he's done great work so um, it was fascinating to hear that and yeah as you say they're well up for this game so it's going to be really interesting obviously Leinster without their grand slammers still a strong team but expecting a few fireworks at the RDS tonight
1: yeah they make just one change Rob Russell coming in for the injured Jamie Osborne. That's one change to the team that beat Edinburgh earlier this month and beat Edinburgh away comprehensively as well. So do you see this Leinster team probably with maybe a 10-point swing as uh, the home side being good enough to beat a Stormers team that has its spring box with it?
2: m one the is that the margin?
1: Oh, sorry. No, I just mean in general, I would look at home advantage as, as being, uh, you know, almost a 10-point advantage versus, versus going away.
2: I... I, I... Yeah, I, I wouldn't... Have, I can imagine me really tux. I don't know. I, mm. I've kind of learned by that to think the let's are going to lose because they just invariably win and it, it will be a new one for, for Stormers. But on paper, there's more than enough quality for the Stormers there to, to win this game. Even someone like Manny Libach, who's being sought after by several clubs now and is a really brilliant out half. Uh, Their quality is right across the board. Even some of the players they've left in, in, in South before that Curry Cup... Game are really excellent. So, I would love to see a battle royale, and I think it would be good for Leinster as well. They have breathing room, obviously, on the table, but they want to keep that record going. The news, I suppose, from them this week is around Johnny Sexton and a bit of pessimism around that injury, his groin injury, and he's going to go see specialists, or that's been the plan for, for this week to figure out the extent of it because, you know, there is concern that he might not be back before the end of the season, which will be. A huge, huge shame. Like little did we think that when we watched him on the first of January, making his his kind of comeback and getting injured and in, got the facial injury that day when he made that high tackle on Jared Butler, that that could potentially be his last game in blue. Now, fingers crossed, and there's no doubt about his determination to battle through whatever rehab he has to to get done because they could finish this season with two home finals on two consecutive weekends, which will be an incredible fortnight but also would be an incredible way for someone like him to bid farewell so they obviously have plenty of depth at town they'll be okay I think everyone will be rooting for Giant Sexton to, to get back up and running sooner rather than later
1: mm. Will it be his last season though is the question we'll come back to that at some point <laughs> listen we don't have the teams for Munster Glasgow yet nor do we have the teams for Ulster Bulls, both of those games take place on Saturday. We'll obviously dive into them in detail on Monday once they've happened. Uh, But I want to look ahead to the Women's Six Nations, Murr. And it's one where Ireland find themselves in a bit of a fascinating position in the sense that we sort of know the way they play now. It's unbelievably exciting to watch. And yet this competition is sort of fraught with dangers, including this opening fixture in Wales. Because if you look at the turnaround in the Welsh uh, women's system or within that team, even uh, last year compared to the year before, it was kind of remarkable, really. And you think of Hannah Jones' late try uh, at the RDS last time these teams met, and it was just such a sucker punch to Ireland to lose that game, having trounced Wales the year before. Uh, And looking at Wales as October, the results were sort of mixed, like New Zealand have done a couple of numbers on them. Uh, They were competitive enough with Australia. What sort of a challenge does this Wales team present to Ireland this time around to your mind? And if I could overload you with questions, what are you anticipating from Ireland this time around? I don't exactly know. It could go
2: really, really well for them or it could go badly for them. You look at the, let's start with the potential negatives, you look at the run of fixtures, it's quite difficult. They're targeting three wins, but all the three games against the sides who you would maybe expect them or anticipate a beating are away from home this year. They've got England and France at home and listen, it would be phenomenal if they beat one of those, but it does seem um, unlikely given the quality of the French and given the quality of the English. Now, hopefully they can close that gap, but the Welsh, Shigley and Scotland games are the ones they'll be targeting and they're away from home. So as he's mentioned just very recently there, it is a a big disadvantage doing that. Um, the same time they are good enough to beat those three sides I think personally and yeah there's a little bit of change in the team but they are a more known commodity at the moment it was well flagged that those seven spells were missing Greg McWilliams would absolutely love to have them obviously all that quality all that strike power but they are going after a, a gold medal at the Olympics you know they obviously still have to secure that qualification but that's the project and I do think that if Ireland go to Olympic Games and really succeed in in sevens, um, that will put women's rugby on the map. And that's the thinking in the RFU. And I know everyone doesn't agree with that, but I personally think that people who are complaining about this now may, if Ireland win a gold medal at the Olympics, may be celebrating that achievement as, as much as everyone else. And they've got a really good squad there. They're not here. So we're, we're seeing the, I suppose the next layer of talent. And a lot of these players are the players who've come on to contracts now and who have been working really hard in the last few months. And I anticipate we'll, we'll see kind of what you alluded to there with the Welsh. And their stuff, slightly more in order, a bit of a bounce and a bit of a kick. And you look at the talent across the back line, even where they're missing those seven players, and it's really exciting. Maeve um, you know, she showed her potential in Japan, her quality. Issa Dalton, I think, is a massive prospect in midfield. Two caps as well, just early to it. And you Breen now on a contract and pushing her potential to a to a higher level again, Natasha B and someone similar. And then Mullin Scuffer-McCade moves into to Scrum half where she obviously has plenty of experience. It was interesting to me that Nicole Cronin started at 10 with, with Dan O'Brien on the, the bench. Dan O'Brien, obviously a huge talent in the game, but Nicole Cronin has lots of experience in a team that really doesn't have it. You look at the cap totals and it's very lacking in, in test experience, which... There's no guarantee, obviously, but somehow, sometimes that know-how is is really useful. Um, and I think the excitement extends to the back. Like McGrath is only 18, getting her first test start, As Lou said, I will admit I haven't seen much of her play at all. And reports from the, the Celtic challenge and indeed training around that were obviously really positive and and the coaches feel she's ready, but that's really exciting to get that exposure so so young. The back row was still, even though we know those three players, the Dorothy Wall Mavo, Gulerian and Brittany Hogan it still has that fresh feel to it. And someone like Maeve O'Bruldiri, we heard her during the week talking about the the ability to just train so hard and train so in such a focused manner that'll hopefully drive her game to the next level. So there's lots of reasons to be excited there, but you got to look at the, the, the schedule and think it is going to be challenging for Ireland. The carrot is huge because if they finish in the top three, they go into the top tier of the WXV, which is coming for the first time later this year, that international competition, global competition rather, and you want to be in that that top category, even though it will be really difficult for Ireland and, and, you know, there could be some tough days there, that's where you want to be learning against the very best in the world rather than a step behind and and still chasing from either further further hand.
1: It was interesting what you were saying about a prospective Olympic gold medal and why on this occasion that prioritisation of sevens seems to make sense to you and to a lot of people, I think. Is it that because we're sort of a country of of bandwagoners when it comes to the Olympics, as are most countries, don't get me wrong, to see an Irish team succeed on that global scale would be catalytic. Like it would be a a moment of national celebration. Uh, It would be potentially uh, transformative for the women's sport here. Whereas even say to finish third in a Six Nations, as remarkable as it would be this time around, it maybe doesn't have the same cultural effect or cultural impact if that makes sense
2: yeah bang on I I think you've got bang on there also like this is a big project is increasing the depth of women's rugby and that's exactly what's going to happen now and you don't want to write off like I don't think anyone is writing off at six Nations, but if you can get another seven eight players into important roles in, in test rugby it's going to only improve your your squad and your your depth chart a few years down the line when all the focus is again on a 15s world cup and and players are more focused on that rather than, than sevens. And this is just my opinion. I know people. Some people think it's just not ideal. Just put everything into 15s rugby and go after it. But I can see why they're why they're doing what they're doing. And yeah, the Olympics would be such an amazing platform to make a statement for rugby. On the lads, last time were really disappointed with how it went for them in the end. It just never got going, and they themselves have huge hopes as well to put that right in, in Paris and um, so I think if we, whenever that comes around and and they'll obviously have to qualify and, and make sure they're there but that'll be a, a massive chance to to put rugby on a on a wider map.
1: Magic we will leave it there and wish the women's team the absolute best as they face Wales in their curtain raiser for the championship we'll be chatting about that as well on Monday with Birch. Murray good to see you what's your schedule like for the weekend? I'm off to Tottenham Park tomorrow. Really looking forward to seeing how Munster go and seeing if that momentum
2: continues. As I say, we don't have a team there. Just hearing that Antoine Frisch might be out, which will be a big blow given the influence he's had. Um, That's still TBC. But what a matchup. Glasgow in the hunt as well. Munster very much in the hunt. Then we'll see Ulster and Bulls. Both of them absolutely in the mix. So promises to be a big night tonight and then a really big day of rugby with Connacht going as well tomorrow
1: can't wait it's membersthe e. if you want to join us for monday's pods wednesday's pods we've been banging out post-match pods during the six nations as well and that will continue for ireland fixtures as the year rolls on towards the world cup uh, have a great weekend everybody enjoy all of that rugby and we'll catch you on monday for members and if not this time next week for non-members mind yourselves take it easy
0: this episode of the 42 Rugby Weekly is brought to you by Dundee Motors, Ireland's largest car website. Find your next premium car from one of our trusted dealerships. Driver's has names for filthy double barrels, he spits out, breathes out, only smokes a And he's refreshing the world in mind, body and spirit, mind, body and spirit, you better hear it out, Oh, that's the spirit. Say sister, sister, for how I miss you, miss you. Let's go wrist sister, take your skin off of this bitch, man. If you're a rock star, pawn star, superstar, doesn't matter what you are. Get yourself a good car, get out of here. Yeah the boys in the better land you're always talking about the boys in the better land the boys in the better land For the boys in the better land you're always talking about the boys in the better land the boys in the better land got names to fill two double barrels. He spits out, breaks out, and he talks And he's refreshing the world, in Mind, body, and spirit. Mind, body, and spirit. You better hear that spirit. Ah, that's the spirit. Saying this to sister, how I miss you, miss You let go, wrist to wrist. So take the skin off, I'm with mister. If you're a rock star, pawn star, superstar, doesn't matter what you add, get yourself a boy can, get out of here. Yeah. Put the boys in the better land, you're always talking about the boys in the better land. Put the, boys the, better land. Put the boys in the better land. Put the boys in the better land, you're always talking about those boys in the better land. The boys in a better life